This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Think of someone you know and love that suffers from depression or anxiety. Think about how wonderful it would be if we could find a cure for that. Today, we're going to look at a modality. We're going to learn about a course of treatment a little outside the norm. And this is for people who suffer from depression that doesn't respond to traditional medications. So here are some statistics I found online from the National Survey on Drug Use and Health and also from uh, CDC and the National Institute of Mental Health and also the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. More than 11 million adults in the U.S. in the last year had a major depressive episode. Sleep disturbances affect 80% of people with major depressive disorder. Nearly 5% of American people over the age of 18 have regular feelings of depression. Over 8% of U.S. adults experience at least one significant depressive episode. And over 40 million Americans experience anxiety each year. Now, those are just some stats for adults. There are other stats for young people. But the point is, many, many people, and some people that you probably know and love, suffer from depression. It's common to take antidepressant medication. But if that doesn't work and someone you love is suffering, there are other things to try. If you're a regular listener to Shine On the Health and Happiness Show, you may have noticed that a sponsor jumped on for the next couple of weeks called New York Ketamine Infusions of Westchester. The mental health clinic is in Harrison, New York. But hundreds of these ketamine infusion clinics have popped up all over the country, maybe even thousands. So today we'll ask them what they're all about and try to find out a little more, too. That's on the way. Thanks for listening. If you're coping with depression and nothing has worked, New York Ketamine Infusions would like to hear from you. They're accepting new patients suffering from depression, PTSD, anxiety, and other mood disorders. Ketamine works differently than traditional treatments, and they're the most experienced ketamine infusion center in the nation. New York Ketamine Infusions' physician-led team safely administers doses tailored for each patient and boasts an impressive 84% success rate. To learn more, visit nyketamine.com. Hi, it's Casey. This is Shine On, and that is exactly what we're talking about today. Treatment-resistant depression, anxiety, PTSD. When people who suffer from these issues can't get relief from traditional medication, this may be an option to explore. A course of IV infusions over the time span of a year. And researchers are paying attention to the results. There are FDA-approved ways to administer ketamine, especially for the most desperate and suicidal. But the IV transfusions, that's something newer that's gaining popularity. Dr. Robert Gladder works at New York Ketamine Infusions in Harrison. IV or intravenous ketamine is the gold standard. 100% of the drug is, is available to use as opposed to other routes. For example, intramuscular or through a lozenge. Um, or even through a nasal spray, where these routes where only 30 to 50% of the drug is available to be metabolized. So because of that, you get an inconsistent response. And sometimes it could lead to a psychedelic response. So we recommend always intravenous ketamine because it's given in a very controlled setting where you have medical professionals available to you at all times. And this way we can monitor 
and control your experience. As you know, ketamine is a very safe and effective anesthetic that's been used worldwide since 1970 and it's been listed on the World Health Organization's essential medicines list since 1985. There's been multiple studies and trials run out of Mount Sinai, Columbia, and here in New York, Yale, and other prestigious universities and hospitals since 1990 that have shown that ketamine is exceptionally effective in treating treatment-resistant depression, PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder, and anxiety. It's also very effective for patients with suicidal ideation and other mood-related disorders. Unlike standard antidepressants that take 8 to 12 weeks to work, this includes medicines we call SSRIs or SNRIs, ketamine is fast-acting and can sometimes show immediate efficacy or improvement in a patient after a single dose. Ketamine can be an extremely important tool in preventing suicide and immediately alleviating the suffering caused by major depressive disorder. We use it consistently here to treat patients with post-traumatic stress disorder. 84% of patients have had a noticeable improvement, meaning that they have had at least a 20% improvement and up to 50% from their baseline. And this means that they can enjoy their life better, they can go about activities, interact with family, friends, often go back to work and resume their lives. We're talking to Dr. Robert Gladder, and we're talking about New York ketamine infusions. You mentioned SSRI and SNRI. Tell me again, what does that mean? Uh, SSRI is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor and and selective norepinephrine uptake re-inhibitor. And these are different types of medicines that work regarding neurotransmitters. And that's a chemical approach to treating depression. What we're doing is a structural repair of the brain in the sense that we're connecting the mood centers. There are three main mood centers, the prefrontal cortex, the amygdala, and hippocampus. These three mood centers have hundreds of millions of neurons or nerve cells, and it's very important they be connected in order to have a stable, smooth, and even mood. And so ketamine, over a series of infusions, we do six infusions over 14 days, that helps to connect the mood centers by growing dendrites and synapses and repairing the dendrites and synapses. And these dendrites and synapses are are special terms for connections between nerve cells, or what we call neurons. And it's this connection, the growth of these dendrites and synapses, and this connectivity which stabilizes one's mood and improves how they feel. So ketamine offers the opportunity to have a much faster, more rapid approach in the sense that connection of the mood centers, the structural repair as opposed to just a chemical approach can greatly and vastly improve outcomes. How long does it last? Patients get six infusions over 14 days and then they'll need a booster about every four to six weeks. This treatment continues for about a year. 80% of patients that continue and complete this course don't come back to see us, meaning that they're significantly improved. Essentially, this is an important point to realize that you won't need ketamine, certainly for the rest of your life, but over the course of about a year, we see that 80% of patients get improvement. Now, we can't promise 100% of patients getting improvement from this approach, but 80% is a pretty good figure. Six infusions over 14 days, and then boosters for how often? One booster every four to six weeks for about a year. Okay. Now, how long does an infusion take? Initially, is 90 minutes on the first infusion, but the subsequent infusions in the series of six 
go from anywhere from 60 to 75 minutes. But typically a booster infusion lasts one hour. So this is lying down in a chair with a needle Correct. in the we're arm. Doing, what we're doing is we put a small catheter in a vein under the care of a nurse practitioner and a physician. But I want to mention that it's not about the ketamine experience. You're passive in this. Ketamine's actions begin 12 to 15 hours after the infusion. The growth of these dendrites and synapses are connections of mood centers that occurs 12 to 15 hours after the infusion, and that's when the process begins. Ketamine is growing dendrites and synapses and repairing old dendrites and synapses in the brain and connecting the mood centers. It's this connectivity which enhances your mood and makes you feel better. Most people respond between the third to fourth infusion. About one in five or 20% responds after the first infusion. They wake up feeling better the next day. But in general, we expect the effects to begin by the third to fourth infusion. After the sixth infusion, assuming someone is feeling better, they need a booster every four to six weeks. If by the sixth infusion, you're not feeling any significant effect from the drug, meaning an improvement in mood, your function, your ability to wake up easier, feeling less depressed, feeling less anxious, then we don't continue. So we give you six infusions in 14 days. And this is a protocol that was developed with NIH, the National Institutes of Health, and Yale, and is an evidence-based protocol based on research. That's Dr. Robert Gladder from New York Ketamine Infusions in Harrison. Hi, it's Casey. You're listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. We'll be right back. If you're coping with depression and nothing has worked, New York Ketamine Infusions would like to hear from you. They're accepting new patients suffering from depression, PTSD, anxiety, and other mood disorders. Ketamine works differently than traditional treatments, and they're the most experienced ketamine infusion center in the nation. New York Ketamine Infusions' physician-led team safely administers doses tailored for each patient and boasts an impressive 84% success rate. To learn more, visit nyketamine.com. And that is exactly what we're talking about today. Hi, it's Casey. This is Shine on the Health and Happiness Show. We are talking to Dr. Robert Gladder from New York Ketamine Infusions. My question is, doctor, if I was interested in this protocol, what's my first step? Does my doctor have to uh, qualify me for this, or can anyone walk in and well, say, Well, we like to work like with this. mental health providers, certainly to um, guide patients through the process, meaning that we encourage patients to have therapy in between infusions. It's very good for integration to speak with a mental health provider. Some patients decide not to take medicines traditionally like SSRIs or SNRIs and to start with ketamine because they'd like to avoid the side effects and they don't have the time, that 8 to 12 weeks, that it traditionally takes these medicines to begin to take effect. So we do accept patients without mental health providers, but we do encourage people to align themselves with a mental health provider to enhance their experience. So do you do some sort of screening with them when they come in and say, hey, I want to try this? It starts with a phone call to our office. We speak to them at length. We have a nurse practitioner do an intake call. If the nurse practitioner feels that the patient qualifies for ketamine based on having PTSD, treatment-resistant depression, ongoing anxiety, then they'll forward the patient to us, and then we bring them into the office, do a full examination, full intake, and full history, and then make the decision after a physician decides. So it's a very thorough, very consistent process to ensure safety. Does this help with bipolar disorder as well? 
Well, it can help patients with bipolar 2. Uh, this is a type of depression that people experience lower degrees of episodes of mania compared to a full-blown type of mania in what we call bipolar 1. So bipolar depression, the type 2, often responds to ketamine much better than traditional SSRI medications. And these patients have had significant improvement. Now, SSRIs and SNRIs, Correct. I, I don't think you're supposed to be on them forever, are you? Well, that's not true. Actually, some patients do stay on them forever, and they're very helpful, but they don't help everyone. We find that about 30 to 50% of patients gain improvement from these medicines. So we have a subset of the population we term treatment resistant, and these patients continue to suffer for years and years. And so ketamine offers this hope because it's a structural repair as opposed to just a chemical approach by giving medicines that help to elevate levels of what we call neurotransmitters, serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine. Those are the three main neurotransmitters that the medications act upon to improve and to elevate their levels. So we're approaching things from a very different standpoint in terms of a structural repair, connecting the mood centers so that the neurons communicate with with one another. In this way, one's mood is enhanced. This doesn't sound to me as if this is the type of treatment that's covered by most traditional insurances. So is this something that can still be accessible to most people? Yes, it can be. I mean, certainly the cost might be a concern for people, but we do offer a financial aid program in our practice in which we work with people based on their financial situations to help them gain access to the therapy. Even though it hasn't been formally FDA approved, that shouldn't dissuade people. We use lots of medicines off-label. In fact, a third of oncologic or cancer medications are used off-label. And lots of other medicines are used off-label as well. So the point is that we have a track record of safety, efficacy, and effectiveness in terms of treating patients who don't respond to traditional methods for treating depression, PTSD, and anxiety. Are there any side effects from ketamine infusions? We don't see any side effects that are significant. Really, it's very safe, very well tolerated. In general, patients take about 20 minutes to recover after their infusion. Many can go back to work. Some people decide to take a nap, but it's very well tolerated. There's no risk of adverse allergic reactions, any significant side effects, extremely well tolerated and very safe. Tell me about some of the success stories you've witnessed in in your career here. Right. So I've seen patients with the inability to get out of bed, unable to take care of themselves, just perform basic activities of daily living, like taking a shower, brushing their teeth, being able to eat breakfast. People that are able to wake up in a very positive light, able to get outside, enjoy the day. People that were almost bedridden. These are success stories that we have in our practice. We also have patients who are experiencing what we call passive suicidal ideation, feeling that they don't want to wake up, they wish they weren't alive. These patients respond exceedingly well to ketamine therapy. We find that patients also with post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD respond exceedingly well. These are patients who may have experienced a very traumatic event, a violent event. It could also be sexual assault. It could be uh, a car accident. People that relive memories that have intrusive thoughts. 
that have physical symptoms. These patients respond exceedingly well to ketamine therapy. And these are success stories that I can personally relate to you. And June is PTSD Awareness Month, and I'm so grateful that you mentioned many of the different types of ways people can experience trauma, because often when people hear PTSD, we think it's often only veteran-related, when actually it can be so much more. That's right. In fact, people just hearing of an event, they don't have to actually experience the event, can experience PTSD. Symptoms can include depression, anxiety, nightmares, difficulty sleeping or insomnia, intrusive or disturbing thoughts, paranoid thoughts, inability to just leave their house. You know, many people recover from PTSD after a few weeks or months, but many go on to have years of suffering. It's important to realize that this mental health disorder is highly treatable, but really due to the lack of knowledge around it, as well as the stigma attached to seeking mental health, many choose to ignore the problem and suffer through it. But there is help available. What ages do you accept? Like, can you be too young or too old for uh, Well, we tend to start treating patients at the age of 18, and we do have patients into their 60s and 70s, but it's important to realize patients in their 20s, 30s, and 40s do tend to respond a bit sooner and more effectively than patients in their 50s, 60s, and 70s. That said, we still see success in patients uh, in the older subset. But again, 80% of patients that can complete the year of therapy don't need us any longer, meaning that they're feeling better. And so that success, that track record is what enhances our ability to effectively treat people with depression, PTSD, and other mood disorders. Okay. And that is Dr. Robert Gladder from New York Ketamine Infusions in Harrison. And of course, there is so much information available on this kind of treatment. Again, we're talking about treatment-resistant depression, anxiety, and PTSD people who aren't finding relief with common medications. And the use of ketamine, as the doctor said, FDA approved for a nasal spray, for an intermuscular injection. But with hundreds and some say thousands of these ketamine infusion therapy clinics popping up across the country and around the world and getting results, this may be something you or someone you love might want to look into. In a clinic with a physician who would monitor your blood pressure and your heart rate. When I looked at sites like Harvard Health, some make the case for this type of infusion to be done in a hospital setting but most definitely with a physician. But the bottom line may be that ketamine infusions could provide hope for people with serious depression, especially given its positive track record with people considering suicide. It's plausible, says Harvard Health, that ketamine could be life-saving. Something to investigate. New York Ketamine Infusions and Dr. Gladder, I thank you for your time. June is PTSD Awareness Month, but let's talk about all the things that affect our mental health. One of the things I do monthly with the Facebook group, A Circle of Women, is a free monthly Zoom where we talk a little bit, breathe a little bit, meditate a little bit, and we talked about, I brought it up, ketamine infusions on the Zoom just this past Monday, and one of the women on the Zoom said a friend of hers was having ketamine infusions to treat his depression, that he had just started it, and was very hopeful. Conversations like this are so very important. In the recent days, I had a big heart-to-heart conversation with a girlfriend, and I just found out about a sexual assault that she survived when she was a very young teen. 
I'm not a therapist, but I do encourage everybody to think about the things that are rolling around in your head and the memories that pop up and maybe sharing it with someone and sharing it with a mental health professional might be the greatest gift you can give your family by you having a brighter, kinder relationship with your own mind. Columbia University Department of Psychiatry has 11 tips for mental health and well-being. The first one is be nice to yourself. Catch yourself when you're calling yourself a bad name or curling your lip at your own reflection. Practice saying nice things to yourself. Make your own being a safe place for your own spirit. So number one, be nice to yourself. Number two, exercise. When you feel the worst, take a walk around the block. It's proven to boost your mood, increase concentration, and even alleviate some symptoms of anxiety and depression. I'm working to make this one my go-to. Instead of reaching for the Mark West, I reach for my running shoes. Eat healthy. Vegetables and fruits. Vegetables and fruits. Your brain can't work right without vegetables and fruits. Make sleep a priority. Eight to ten hours of sleep. Your brain needs it. Turn off the devices and let your brain sleep. Number five, from Columbia Department of Psychiatry, put the screens to sleep before you go to bed. Studies have shown that looking at screens before bedtime affects how quickly you fall asleep and the quality of your sleep. It's the blue light from your smartphone. It's affecting the production of melatonin, the hormone that regulates your sleep-wake cycle. We're not meant to be staring at these tiny screens. Breathe deeply. Oh my gosh, I see this on my Reiki table all the time. I'll say, take a deep breath and nothing moves. (laughs) When you breathe deeply, your belly should move, your chest should move, your back should move. Breathe with your whole body. Have a relationship with your breath. Pay attention to what your breath is doing in your body. Number seven, connect with others. Family, friends, pets, connect, connect, connect. And I love number eight, write down ways to relax. Relaxing is one of those things that's easy to say, it's harder to do. But if you were to make a list of the things that de-stress you, the things that you know assist your mental health, maybe it's reading or gardening or mahjong, whatever, make that list so when you're feeling anxious, you can go to the list and choose something. Number nine is find support. Reach out to a friend, a family member, a counselor, your doctor, anybody, everybody, and ask for the help you need. Number 10 is take small steps. Go from A to B, not A to Z. Mental health is like physical health and spiritual health. It's a practice for your whole life. And number 11 is be nice to yourself. I know that was number one as well. But the Columbia Presbyterian Department of Psychiatry knows that it's not easy. You got to think of it the first thing and the last thing. Be nice to yourself. That is a practice. If you want to practice with me, I got a couple of retreats coming up in July and August. Find out more at caseysplace.com. So did I tell you what happened to me at yoga two Sundays ago? I went to the Shinan Market on the River to take a yoga class. It was delightful. Brianna was the teacher from Prana Moon Yoga. And I'm way in the back, so I can't really hear her that well, but I'm waiting after Shavasana. We're sitting up, and I'm waiting in prayer pose with my eyes closed to hear her either chant an Om or a Namaste, so now I know, like, class is over. But instead, Brianna said, the light and the dark in me honors the light and the dark in you. Well, 
I nearly levitated. For all of my yoga love and life, it's been namaste. The light in me bows to the light in you. But Brianna, because I had to question her after class, Brianna said that during COVID, there was so much darkness all around. She had to welcome the light and the dark in herself. That was such a huge shazam for me because when you welcome the light and the dark in yourself, it's so easy to let other people off the hook because they've got light and dark too that they have to make space for. Let them be. It was a big deal. Maybe that resonates with you. And it brings me to this thought of the day, Saturday driving from Mayapak to Cold Spring. I pulled into the Buddhist monastery to sit and namaste a while. Ah, what peace I find there. Our thought for the day is from the Buddha himself, who said, You, yourself, as much as anybody in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. Shanan. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on.